Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. Fantastic. Well, Lord, we ask that you'd speak to us this morning. We thank you that you're here with us. We acknowledge you and we ask that you would encourage us, stir us and strengthen us in Jesus' name. Amen. Erwin McManus says this, There are few things more powerful than a life lived with passionate clarity. I want to speak this morning on clarity. Just say that after me, clarity. Clarity. Awesome. Some of you said it with me. It's always funny, isn't it? Clarity. You know, I had a title that I actually said to Karen, I'm going to speak on this. And so I've just tweaked the title a little bit because I was going to call this one, Don't Live in Fluff. (laughs) But then I thought, you kind of think of belly button fluff and all sorts of other things. So... Clarity, all right? Clarity. Clarity is a powerful weapon that you and I get to choose. We get to choose whether we live in clarity or not. Just stop and give someone a high five really loud. Awesome. It does something when you activate your body and you just do something. That's what clarity does. Clarity brings purpose, it brings vision, it brings energy, it brings decisions. I wrote down some, some things that I feel like clarity brings me and I'm sure it brings you as well. It saves time. Clarity saves energy. It builds trust. People trust you when you're clear. It gives you peace because you're not trying so hard. It grows you continually. You're always growing when you're clear on where you're going. It teaches others who are watching you. When they see how you operate in clarity, they learn how to do the same. It removes obligations. You know those little hooks and ties, obligations of having to do this, having to please everyone else, having to say the right thing in the right times? Clarity removes all of that. It finds answers because you'll be searching out different topics or ways of living better and you'll find answers. It removes baggage. When you're clear on what you don't want, you get rid of it. And ultimately, you find God. All of us want clarity, want peace, want strength, want joy, want hope and happiness and all of these things. But clarity means we are clear in our mind and we actually find a deeper meaning. We find God. It's interesting looking around the world right now. Uh, we have the polar opposites of the left on politics and the polar opposite of the right on politics. And this is right throughout the Western world. You can see this. And it's never been so opposite as it is now. But I'm watching God single-handedly pull out, particularly these leaders, these men who are influencers who wouldn't know, they've never necessarily come to a church, but God is teaching them and training them and speaking to them about righteousness and they don't even know it. I want to give an example. Joe Rogan, some of you might listen to his podcast. I believe he's finding God. 
There's, there's a whole list of them Jordan Peterson already has. And, and the list could go on and on and on. I'm just trying to think of, of oh, Russell someone, the English comedian, long hair, who is... What's, Brand, Russell Brand, that's him. Quirky, quirky, quirky. He's finding Jesus. God's getting all of these guys through right thinking, not right of politics, but right thinking. Because what happens is we get, when we get clear on searching out what we don't want, we don't want junk, we don't want unhealthiness, we don't want agendas rammed down our throat, we don't want communism, we don't want control, we don't want all this stuff, then what do we want? All of a sudden, God's righteousness begins to speak and people find God. People are finding God in the weirdest situations right now. The weirdest situations. And uh, it's just crazy. But I was remembering in our Bible reading, for those of you who are doing the, reading the Bible in the year, it is such a good tool, by the way. Um, if, you, if you jumped on now, you'd have a day of reading to do. But that's okay. You could probably do it. But... Um, I was reading again about Joshua sending in the spies and they stayed with Rahab. And I'm reading that and I'm just thinking, God, you are weird. You sent the messengers to a prostitute's house, two guys, into the house of a prostitute. What would everyone else think? I'm sure there were people murmuring, going, what on earth is Joshua doing? Sending two dudes into a prostitute's house. Like... What's going on there? God is crazy. He's crazy the way he operates. And he gets in and around things in ways that we can't imagine. I want to just give you another weird example, if that's okay. And it is not in my notes, so just put your seatbelt on. Just click it. Click it quickly. So many of you don't like clicking. You don't like actions and things. I'm, I'm not sure why. Give, so, give someone else a high five. I need some energy this morning. I said to Karen, give me a few people like T.D. Jakes has in his church. I mean, some of those people are unbelievable. Jen's like that. I love it. I love the energy. Anyway, let me give you another example uh, of, of what we want and what we don't want. We're watching this farm show at the moment. Well, I'm dragging our family through this farm show at the moment. And um, it is fascinating because this farmer who's, who's, who's not a farmer, who is quite wealthy, he's, he's taking over the region. And, um, and a lot of the council people, the Pharisees, don't like it. They don't like it because he's bringing tourism into the town and people are actually happy, believe it or not. And the councillors all have a vote. The Pharisees all have a vote and they vote him down. And, but he finds these weird and wonderful ways of doing things uh, and that's the way God operates. He sends in spies into weird places. Watch out for the spies. Watch out who God's going to use among us because you know it might just surprise us how he operates and how he moves but we do not want to be like those counselors because when you watch it from a distance you can recognize it but when we watch it in ourselves we don't often recognize it but we don't want internal pharisees going on saying oh god can't move like that and i'm holier than everyone else and only i can do this or these people can do this because god loves breaking molds and bringing in people who are just just call things in a totally different way. And so, God, we say, come and do it among us. Do it among us. Anyway, clarity is a powerful thing. I believe if 
we get clear on a whole lot of things. We will save so much nervous tension and energy that we will find we have extra time, extra energy, extra purpose because we're just dumping some other stuff off our lives. Let me give you some scriptural backing on that. James chapter 1, verses 6 to 8 says this, But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he or she will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. God doesn't like double-mindedness. In fact, he says, either be hot or cold, not lukewarm. Don't sit on the fence. Don't be in the middle. Jesus was radically clear with his communication to other people. He was so clear that people got offended if they took things the wrong way. They didn't quite understand where he was going. But the reason they didn't understand wasn't because he wasn't clear. It's because they didn't like the light shining on their life. They didn't like how they felt when they were convicted by the clarity that he had. Matthew 5, 37 says, Let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than that comes from evil. This is a really, really simple verse that most of us sit there and go, well, what about waiting? What about stewing on things? What about just sort of taking your time? All of that's right. But you can be chasing after the yes and the no in that process. But what it means is basically we're going to know what we believe. We're going to know what we stand on. And we're going to stand for that and let our yes be yes and our no be no. Now, a lot of us, a lot of us struggle with the no. Because most of us, especially in Australia for some reason, are what we call people pleasers. People pleasers. We like to please the people who we are around. And therefore, oftentimes, we won't say, no, I'm not comfortable doing that. I'm not comfortable coming round in, in that situation. I'm not comfortable. So, you know, we kind of wobble our way through. We find ourselves doing things under obligation. When Karen was in burnout and we first went to Germany, so we're talking seven, eight, nine years ago, something like that, we got to um, this little rural village in Germany, Wiehingen it's called, no one's ever heard of it, um, but we went to this you know, wellness centre, healing centre that we'd been recommended we go to and, and we got there and I, I think within the first five minutes, little Australian us, were already a little bit offended with how clear they were. Germans are clear. Any Germans in the room? Any Germans in the Hey! We were a bit shocked. Germans let their yes be yes and their no be no. And there, there was no obligation in that place. There was good teaching and training, so they, they knew how to operate. But they knew how to say no. If it wasn't time for dinner, you're not having dinner. If, if it was, can we use the gym now? Nope. See, what we do is, no, I don't think so. And that's because this, this, and this, and this, and this. But we don't realise we're being murky. We're being fluffy. We're living in fluff. We're living in that place where it's just like, I want to 
I don't want to offend you, so I'm going to offend my own yes and no. And in that place, we're both going to be uncertain about what's going to happen. So we leave everyone in a ball of fluff. But clarity says, no, I'm sorry, you can't do this. And that's not going to be something I'm going to have to deal with. If you're offended by that, you're going to have to deal with that. Now, you can do it in love. You can do it, you know, in velvet gloves and you can do it in all sorts of ways. But I want to give you encouragement. You're allowed to say no. If you don't want to go to someone's house because you just don't feel comfortable going there, say no. If you don't want to do something that is not, you're not obliged to do and you're, not, you're just not comfortable, listen to your peace over your people pleaser. And you're going to gain a whole night. That whole Saturday night of going around that person's house where you're just dreading it. It's like, Jesus, please make the clock speed up. I don't want to be here. I'm not comfortable in this place. I'm not comfortable around these people. Well, stop fluffing it and just say no. I have just saved some of you hours of your life. Just there, hours of your life. Because it's just a thing. We feel this obligation to please everyone. And you know what we do? We sap ourselves of energy. Our tank gets emptied. Oh, man, I, th I think I have to do this. Believe me, no is so powerful. And Jesus did it all the time. He escaped. He disappeared, slipped through crowds. No one knew where he was. Where, he, where was he? He's like, no, I'm not staying there any longer. I'm just getting with the Father. And so sometimes our no will open up clarity and purpose and energy that a yes will never open up. And as we grow as a people group, we, we be okay with someone saying, no, I'm, I'm not going to do that all afternoon. I'm sorry, I have to look after my time. I have to look after my energy. It's a no. I love you, but it's no. And then there'll be other times where you say yes. Where you just you feel free and you feel a peace on something and you've listened to your own body and, you, and the spirit and you're like, yes, I'm going to do this thing. Yes, we're going to build this thing or I'm going to go there. And so it's, it's not all negative, but uh, if we can really uh, crystallise our purpose and our vision and what we're good at and what we're not good at, then clarity becomes our best friend because it actually gives you hours, it gives you weeks, it gives you energy. Proverbs 11.1 1 said, The Lord detests the use of dishonest scales, but he delights in accurate weights. In our business days, I've said this before, uh, when we had a large company and, you know, turning over 50, 60 million dollars and a lot of money going through the business, it's really, really tempting to take shortcuts. There's a thousand different temptations that will pop up from time to time and it might be with wages, it might be with tax, it might be with just sort of skirting around the different rules and regulations or it might, uh, there's just so many different aspects in your life and in my life where there's opportunities to take advantage of the system or to slip through different uh, loopholes to gain uh, you know, an advantage. But the Bible says the Lord detests the use of dishonest scales, but he delights in accurate weights. Let me tell you, when you have accurate weights in your life, you're doing things correctly. You're not skirting the system. You're doing things God's way. He will bless you. He will bless you. When we uplift his values, he uplifts us.
And this verse is so true, but there's so many little ways that we can get around it. It's kind of like boundary lines. You don't want to move those things. You want to leave them in place. And, and in life, there are boundary lines. There are lines you do not want to cross because they are holy lines where God has put in place to bless us, to protect us, to increase us. But the reason he's put them there is so that we would honour him and esteem him and he would bless us in that place. So never shirk the system. I always remember people sort of going on about paying their taxes and it depends who's in, in power at the time, but ultimately it doesn't matter. They're all going to tax us anyway, so no one's better than anyone else. But I remember people really whinging and moaning about taxes, company tax, this tax, land tax, you know, payroll tax, all the different taxes. And I remember one uh, mentor at the time, he, he said to me, you know, the truth is if you're paying a lot of tax you're making a lot of money. And I thought, wow, that's a pretty phenomenal way of looking at it. I didn't hear a whole lot of um, amens just there. <laughs> but flip it. You know, roughly 30% tax, that's just not round numbers. I know some is less and then some goes right up to 50%. But ultimately, just ballpark it around 30%. You know, if you're paying millions at 30%, you're making millions. And so we want to look at things glass half full, not glass half empty. We, we don't want to be who, like those councillors in England who are voting out the, all of this success and all this promotion coming to their region, which would bless their region. We don't want to be the ones who are complaining and moaning and groaning and taking the negative view. We want to look at the glass half full and say, God, what are you doing? That is good. Most of you will notice that we, we've had some walls slightly repaired this week. And we've had week after week, we had more plumbers on the roof than I think are employed down south this week, trying to fix up our roof. And there's so many different angles. I mean, here we are on a half-made stage and half-made floor. And, you know, there's all sorts of things all over the place. And um, we just looked at it and said, oh, well, let's just, let's just upgrade whatever we can. Let's just make the best out of it. When your roof leaks, ask God why. When something's going on in your house, ask God why, because he'll have a lesson for you. He will have a lesson for you, not for, not for all the neighbours. Don't blame the neighbours, trees and everything else. Oh, their, their leaves are falling on my gutters. He's saying something to you. He's saying something to me. And so that's the posture we've taken in this aspect. Like, all right, Lord, let's just get an upgrade. Let's do what we can. Let's get an upgrade. And so God will sometimes have to remove stuff to bring in the new. And when we have clarity, when we, get, when we stop living in the fluff, we go, wow, I can see it now. I can see his hand. I can hear his voice. Uh, am I willing to hear even the tough stuff? Yes. When Jesus was, was on the earth, he was toughest with the believers. He was the most offensive with those who should have known, who should have believed. With those who didn't, he had compassion. And he brought healing and restoration. And that's the same with us. We want to be looking at ourselves. We want to be looking at, Lord, what are you saying to us? Because he loves it when we're clear. And so I want to encourage you this week. It might mean writing a, a, a list down the left-hand side, the right-hand side of a piece of paper. The yeses and the noes. The yeses are the things to do more. The noes are the things to get rid of. 
And it might mean just dialing down some voices in your life. It might mean saying, no, I'm sorry, I need a break for six months. I just can't. My brain will explode if I hear another toxic tone from your mouth. We are not meant to live like that. We are not meant to live like that. Jesus did not live like that. Do you know what he said? Get away from me, Satan. That's how the reality of toxic, negative, pharisaical, counsellor-type people around us, they'll vote us out. They'll vote us out with their mouths. And, And they might be offloading all their stuff, but it's not good for us. So we might have to lovingly get our little German on and say, I love you, but I am not listening to you whinge and moan for another minute. I need, I need joy around me today. Because if I take on that, I'm going to be depressed. And you just put all your bag, baggage on me. You've offloaded it. You feel better. You walk away free. But I'm carrying around your bag. And what you didn't know is I listened to three people yesterday. I got their bags as well. Whenever you're listening to baggage from someone, just think of it as baggage. You can only carry so much. You're only one person. Don't have a Messiah complex where you've got to heal everyone, fix everyone, save everyone, heal everyone's issues going on around you. You know, the truth is if they don't want rescuing, you cannot rescue them. If they're, if most of you would have seen Titanic, the movie, there's a whole generation that haven't actually. I think that's a shame. But anyway, uh, most of you will know, you know, the lifeboats float out. And if they're out there in the lifeboats or with a life vest on and and they don't want the rope thrown to them, there's nothing you can do. You might spend days trying to throw them the rope. Oh, but I can fix them. But you're not saying it to yourself, but inwardly you're saying it to yourself. I can fix them. I can fix them. If they don't want to be rescued, let them go. Give yourself a pill of grace, as John Arnott says. Take the grace pill. You don't have to do it. You're not the Messiah. You can pray for them. Lord, I love them, bless them, get them, but I've done all I can. And let me tell you, I've saved you another day a week. You are going to have so much time. You are going to have so much energy, so much clarity that you're going to go, what? I've just just given myself days of time. And lastly, what I want to encourage you with is energy. Karen and I have often said this, that we as humans, we get 100 points a day. A hundred points of energy per day, how do you use them? By being clear on what we're good at and what we're not good at and what we're called to and what we're not called to, you will keep your hundred points as effective and as efficient as you possibly can. And think of all those afternoons you're going to gain, all of that feeling of, oh, man, I need to rescue that person or that scenario or You're not going to think that anymore. You're going to gain clarity in your own mind. You can start to actually hear from God in a fresh new way because you're not the Messiah anymore. And all of a sudden it's like, wow, the grace of God is going to save them. So all of a sudden you're freed of a slave mentality and we recognise the sovereignty of God because he loves everyone in this room. The same. Doesn't matter if you're a sinner, if you've been great this week or terrible this week. He loves you exactly the same. Loves you exactly the same if you know him or if you don't know him. Loves you exactly the same if you believe in him or you don't believe in him. It doesn't matter. The grace of God covers every one of us. And while we were still sinners, he died for us. And so by recognising that each and every one of us has a certain capacity, and sometimes you're going to feel it and sometimes you're not going to feel it. 
And so by recognising that, we actually have clarity over our own energy. And we say, okay, I'm going to use that as well as I can. I'm going to let my yes be my yes. I'm going to not be double-minded this week and kind of be half in and half out. If I'm in, I'm in. If I'm out, I'm out. But I'm, I'm not going to just try and work everything and blur the lines, muddy the waters, because living like that will sap your energy faster than anything else. People will respect you for saying no in a respectful way. In a respectful way. I mean, if it's a boss saying, go and fix the plumbing and you're a plumber, then of course you go and do it. If you say no, he'll say, okay, you're fired. <laughs> and it's okay for him to say that. That's being clear. So if you're required to do something, your yes actually means obeying. It's not, a, it's not grounds for rebellion. It's grounds for peace and harmony and operating in a yes or in a no. So I want you to stand this morning. I'd love you just to lift your hands, close your eyes, and we're just going to finish on that as the band come up and... I would love you just to spend a minute with Jesus just asking him what needs to go and what needs to increase. And you might be surprised at what he says. You might hear from him. You might see something. You might just get an impression of, okay, that scenario, this scenario, that person, that whatever it might be. And I want to encourage you that operating like this, in love, in grace, all of those things, I'm not saying be rude, will even help our whole community, our whole community. And so, Lord, we ask that you'd shine your light this morning on us, on those things, those scenarios that just need to go. We throw them out. We lay them at the foot of the cross. Even those behaviours that need to be needed, we lay it down today. You are the Messiah. You are our Saviour. You are that person's Saviour. And Lord, we ask that you would help us to have clarity of mind, clarity of thought, clarity of the way we operate. We pray for honour, respect and love and grace and all of those things to go before us. And Lord, we ask that you would give us Clarity of mind, clarity of hours per day, clarity of operating rightly with one another and with those around us. I pray, Holy Spirit, you will make us the most heavenly efficient bunch of people in Adelaide. That our yes would be yes, our no would be no. We honour you. We will give you glory in all things. And Lord, I pray that you would Release your power in fresh new ways. Release your presence, Holy Spirit, that when we say yes, we say yes to you. We say yes to you, Jesus. We say yes to you, Jesus. And I pray the clarity of your voice and your leading would be among us this week. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come and that you would fill us with fresh hunger, fresh anointing. If you don't know Jesus and you're in this building, I want to encourage you, get to know Jesus. He's the only one who will give you a purpose and peace and a meaning to your life. If you don't know Him, 
and you're here this morning, I want you just to lift your hand this morning and I want to pray with you. You don't have to come down the front, but I want you just to lift your hand this morning. I want to pray with you, introduce you to Jesus. I want you to pray with me and find peace, find healing. So Lord, we ask this morning, we ask this morning as we stand here with you, that you would meet with us. I pray, Holy Spirit, for those whom you're speaking to, those whom you're stirring, that stuff, we give it to you, Jesus. We ask for forgiveness in those areas. We ask for strength in other areas. And we ask that you would do among us what only you can do. We ask you for more. We ask you for bigger. We ask you for better. We ask for an abundance out of this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Bless you guys.